Hello to Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. To, um, Episode 8. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, exactly. Hey, y'all, we're quarantined. Hope everybody's, oh my gosh. hope everybody's holding up out there okay. No, for real. So we'll, we'll probably be doing a lot more podcasts because we have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and we've studied this case long enough. We'll find something to talk about. No problem. Right. It's and only we'll- been like two official days that I've actually just been home doing nothing. And I'm literally going nuts. I don't know about oh, you, but. <laughs> my gosh. The, the wall climbing will, will happen soon. Yes, we'll we'll end up having to start like a whole nother podcast with other cases so we can entertain ourselves for weeks. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway. All right. So how's your day how's your day been today? You know what? It's been pretty darn good. Um hilarious. My husband's camping with our youngest. And he just texted me. Remember how I said I told everybody that I was doing a podcast and no one was gonna text me? Guess what? Right. <laughs> He didn't know. He's like the only <laughs> human on earth that didn't know it's going to be recording. And of course, he texted. So funny. I, I just um, hilarious. Yeah, I just wrote it back and told him. So funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know how everyone's holding up under the quarantine, but we're doing the best we can. I hope everybody out there is finding stuff to do. Maybe you might even listen to one or two of our podcasts to kind of learn a little bit more about the Missy Beavers case. Maybe it might get your juices flowing and make you think of things about the case that you can share with us. We would love to hear from you. Um, and then tonight, Renee was going to, I think, start off by talking about a document that our good buddy Tim was so kind to request. And um, we loved him. He always did the dirty work and, um, you know, would go interview people for us and request the documents thanks Tim um so anyway um Renee do you want to start and then I can join in later yeah yeah absolutely yeah we always appreciated him doing that because then we got to you know get all the information that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise so so we appreciate that from him so um okay so basically this document starts out um and it kind of goes through the different um you have to bear with me. Calls for service. So it kind of goes through the units and the, the different officers that, you know, went and the times and everything. So we won't bore with all that information. But then it gets into the details of, of what they went through. So there's a couple different um, officers on this document. The first one's going to be Joe Fitzgerald. He's a sergeant. Um, he was asked to respond and it has the address of the church on April 18th. It's, uh, 725 in the morning. And so they kind of go through and they are going to, you know, document everything that they see, like when they're pulling in the driveway, uh, what kind of condition, um, like for instance, the direction that Missy's trucks in, um, you know, things like that. And then there are a lot of, t- a lot of, uh, parts of the document that have been redacted. So some of it will just like, for instance, the very first of it says at approximately 710, they received a phone call um, from Renee Jones, which she's the director, the Camp Gladiator director, and then nothing, a a lot, all all the information has gone. So we don't really know what that was about. And then they go on to talk about uh, when they got there, the truck was, this is a part that is interesting. 
there was a uniform patrol uh, standing inside the yellow tape. He was in charge of the crime scene control log. Uh, the tape was marking off the South Breeze entranceway from the church, which is the area where she pulled underneath the awning. Um, inside the yellow tape was a four-door Ford truck, which was Missy's truck. The truck was positioned facing west underneath the awning. So basically that meant that she pulled into the driveway. <clears throat> she pulled into the driveway and then she pulled around and then pulled back in so that when she was leaving, she would just pull straight out. And then it goes on to explain. Uh, okay, so here we go. In the front passenger door and the truck bed lid was open. So I guess we can talk about that for a minute because there's a couple of different ways that I look at this. So I'm thinking in my mind, she gets out of the truck. She's going to unload different workout equipment. So I'm sure that was in the back of her truck. Um, but the passenger door part has me thinking, did she open the passenger door because she had to grab something there? And then she went to the you know back of the truck and got something else and then went to go inside so that she could start unloading something. I mean, it makes you wonder, did, you know, did she unload the back of the truck or starting to unload the back of the truck, went in, inside to, you know, put things where she needed to have them so that everybody could use them for the workout. And then maybe the perp was somewhere nearby and opened the door. I mean, I, you know, we don't know. What do you think? You know, that's a really good question. I do have some stuff to say about this document, though. And just for our listeners, this is the Ellis County Sheriff's Office CSI report. And from what we have heard from reliable sources, and Brandon even said this in the headline news uh, series that we spoke about on a recent podcast, is they were called in to process the crime scene because MPD, Midlothian Police Department, um, wasn't equipped to do so. So this is a very thorough report of, of, of a CSI report. And it is interesting, Renee, like what you were saying is all these redacted parts. I, and, and for our listeners who may not be looking at the document, um, we can post it, of course. But just in case you're driving or something and you can't see the document, what we mean by redacted is it literally looks like they took a black Sharpie and just marked out sentences. And in the part where um, Renee Bird-Jones, who was actually a good friend of Missy's, we understand, and she was head of uh, the Camp Gladiator director for the area. Oh, here we go. It says right here, Ms. Bird-Jones is the director of Ellis County Chapter a boot camp known as Camp Gladiator. And then they just marked it all out. So I'm dying to know what that says, of course. But they don't want us to know. They know that this is a public record. And under the Open Records Act, we all have the right. This We're not doing anything fancy or special. We all, as citizens, have the right to request public documents. So yes. at, at any rate, we have the document, but they also have the right to redact parts of the document or make them unable to be read by us because it might be evidence that's needed in the case that does not, that the public shouldn't know. Now, there's other things that are redacted that are obvious reasons why, Renee, like think of, you know, like we noticed that. Of course, they redacted Missy's 
license plate number. Um, they redacted, I think, her driver's license number, things like that, um, you know, mm-hmm. because you don't want identity theft to happen in the midst of all this. So that part makes perfect sense because that's really personal information. But there's like a paragraph and a half. So whatever okay. Ren- whatever Renee Jones said to Fitzgerald, she just walked in and went, duh, 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 and they just redacted, redacted, redacted the whole thing. I want to know what right. it is. Right. But, right. Um, right. Um, <laughs> well, and you know something else we learned later is that they're actually personal friends. So that kind of adds a different spin to it than what we thought originally. So, you know, it's different. If a friend of yours, someone you've known for years is working a case, you might walk up and speak a lot more freely or tell them things that might even be irrelevant in your mind, you know, um, right. it's just, it's just a much less formal meeting between someone who is your friend versus an investigator on a, a crime of someone that, you know, really well. So anyway, um, I always thought that was super interesting. We don't know what she said, but you know, something, what you and I were speculating about the other day is on the phone um, not on a podcast, just a personal conversation. But I was saying to you that I kind of feel like this is speculation. I kind of feel like Renee Jones was telling um, Fitzgerald that, hey, Missy got a weird message on LinkedIn that was from someone we had never heard of, but it might have something to do with this because it was just a few days ago. Uh, we don't. We do not have any confirmation that Renee Jones was the friend that Missy showed the message to on LinkedIn. And I know we've sort of beat that dead horse on the last episode, but I do want to go over it again simply because we don't know who it was. But this kind of, I don't know, it gave me a little bit of a reason to think it could have been Renee Jones. And they were good friends. And we need to get confirmation. We talked about this the other day. We did not get confirmation that Renee Jones was definitely there. We haven't seen pictures or posts confirming that she was there. But since she's the head of Ellis County um, Camp Gladiator, it would certainly make sense that she was at that Austin trip, which was the Camp Gladiator total transformation trip. All the It looked like all the trainers in Ellis County went, um, as far as we can tell. So... It would make sense that she was there, but I kind of went off on a tangent there, but that got me thinking that part of this document really got me thinking about that. I agree. Um, it, it is, it, I mean, you can tell it, it's a quite a bit of a conversation that they had, um, that they redacted. So unfortunately mm-hmm. we don't know what that says. Well, I mean, That's someday right. maybe. <laughs> And then the other part that just has a tremendous amount of redacting is the truck itself. When he goes over, he said that I, here's Fitzgerald is right, is the author of this document. So when he's, when it says I, that's Fitzgerald, I was met by Commander Kevin Johnson. We've talked about him in previous podcasts. Commander Johnson and I briefly, um, spoke and I was directed to okay then that's when he saw her body and then they asked him immediately after viewing the body we were asked to process the truck under the awning and that's what you were just talking about and there's a ridiculous amount of redaction there um and so then at 1 30 p.m okay it says I cleared the scene at approximately 9.30 a.m. And then at approximately 1.30, 
p.m. I was asked to attend a briefing at Midlothian Police Department, and that's all redacted. That whole next paragraph after that. So you know. <clears throat> so do you want to take this next part? It's pretty interesting under what I just read. Uh yeah, let me see where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> Page four. I'm trying to follow. Okay, yeah, I see it. Okay, so, so on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Okay, here's okay. I do want to make a comment about this before we move on. The mere fact that it says Wednesday, April 20th. Okay, that's two days after the murder. That always bothered me that the e-trace was conducted that much later. Like, why did they wait two days? But go ahead. Why don't you tell our our listeners um, what we're even talking about here? Okay, so at um, on Wednesday, April twentieth, um, I conducted an e-trace search on with the ATF on the handgun found at the body site location. So we that was big news. Yeah. Remember how freaked out we were when we first saw that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, and 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 we're 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 kind of at a quandary here, and I'm sure y'all will understand. When you first read this, you're like, wait a minute handgun found at the body site location that that was never mentioned so we don't know what that means that there was a gun found beside her body or if they're talking about missy had a gun and they found it and they wanted to check to see if it was hers or someone else's i mean, I mean it's kind of you don't you don't know it's kind of flabbergasting too um body site location we have really dissected that and picked that apart over the years. And I always, we, yeah, I mean, think all three of us took it to mean body site location means the handgun was lying next to her body. That's the body site, right? Yeah. But we learned later from an extremely reliable source that the only gun found at the scene was Missy's. And so maybe it was in the car, I mean, in her car, her truck, or was she carrying it and dropped it when she got attacked? We just don't have enough information. MPD has done a really good job of keeping this quiet. Well, and that kind of goes back to what I, where I started at with this whole podcast uh, a few minutes ago uh, with the... Um, tailgate down and the passenger door open you know it makes me wonder I can see her leaving the back tailgate down to continue getting the workout equipment out and taking it inside so that everybody has you know mats and weights and whatever else it is that because I know they have all kinds of equipment but I don't see her leaving the passenger door open and let you know you know what I'm saying like normally you would just get whatever you're getting and you would shut the door just like you would shut your driver door but the back tailgate, you're going to leave that open because you're going to continue getting things in and out. So then it makes you wonder, did the perp, was the perp hiding like in the bushes, you know, close to under the awning, maybe around the side, back of the building. And then she gets out, goes in, they go over, get in the truck, get her gun and go inside. And then, you know, you, you don't know. I mean, it, it almost fits. Yeah, it's hard to even know where to start with that. And you remember a while back, I always I had this sort of the scene in my head where I felt like perhaps the perp did run to her car. Um, maybe even the struggle went into her truck as she tried to escape. I mean, I, I was sort of envisioning 
her running from the church as soon as she sees what's going on that this person means her harm and then she ran and got in her truck and he might have pulled her back out and there might be some evidence of that either caught on camera or something and that's why that's all redacted from the CSI report we don't know it's just you know all we can do in this case we've done so much speculating because you know it, there's just been so little confirmed information that's come out really very little right. Um, right but yeah no that's a great theory that you have and you know I've always kind of off and on I've wondered if perhaps part of the struggle ended up out there um more than likely, I mean, we also then have the information that makes us think everything happened inside the church. Of course, unfortunately, that's where her body was found. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting, though. I don't know why they redacted so much about the truck. I understand the license plate number and things like that. But I don't really understand what on earth we had they could possibly be saying about her truck that much of it that needs to be marked out it's just a tremendous amount of information but I tell you what um I want to try to scroll down to the part where they say what was found in her uh in her truck um when they processed it um see if I can find that real quick you remember there was three things yeah it's, on the it's almost the last page I believe Okay, and I tell you what was surprising about that is they don't say her gun. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, that's a very good point. Let's try to find that area, though, so we can tell our listeners that might not be able to follow along exactly what they found. Um, so it's going to be on... It's, on, it's not it's on not page the, four. Yeah, it's the one before that, I believe. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I think it, the, it's the two yeah. of three. Let's see. Did you find it? Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it's uh, two of three. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay, so it's back. Um, I do not. What is wrong with me? It's, it's sorry, uh, it? You're good. Because they, they kind of have them spread out in a weird way. They have four or five and then five or five. And then they start with a new person. And this is uh, the crime scene technician, Christine. Yeah. And then it's page two of three of her her report. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the wrong report. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm with you now. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, But yes, when they listed what was in her vehicle it says through the open front passenger size door i observed a black colored wallet on the front passenger seat an apple iphone located in the dash of the vehicle just above the radio and a yellow colored handbag located on the floor in the center of the front seat of the vehicle and that actually made me really sad whenever I was posting. Uh, when we did our last podcast a few days ago, I had posted a picture of Missy on her journey to Austin. They had stopped at Bucky's. And you know what jumped out at me, Renee? It's on our Instagram if anyone wants to look at it. It's also on our Facebook page. There's a real cute picture of Missy posing with the Bucky's statue. Mm-hmm. And I noticed she has that yellow purse sitting right next to the statue. And it just kind of broke my heart a little bit thinking about Aww. how just a few days later, that's going to be in the CSI report. 
I know I see I seen that and I remember in my mind I was thinking who's taking the picture because you know then it makes you think whoever was with her is probably the person that she told you know who she got the strange message from yeah yeah that's possible and you know something we have never heard any information on whether she drove down there alone or if she and and she just found someone to take that picture of her or she had someone with her it's also possible that someone rode with her but didn't ride back with her I know that she zipped home uh, Sunday and remember she had a post on her Facebook showing what she was putting on the dinner table. Um, yes. We just don't, we just don't have any information about her journey there and back other than this photo from what I know, what I can right. recall. We'll have to do some more digging on that. That's a really good point. We need to figure that out. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So the, the three items, and, and you know, it's funny because we've we've had this document for what since two thousand eighteen. Um, I think it was I think it was January of twenty eighteen. So yeah, two thousand eighteen. Two years so, and two and a years and a couple months. You know, I, I my my memory didn't remember this. I had for whatever reason, I don't know why I had it in my head that the that the iPad was part of it, but that it wasn't. It was the it was the uh, phone. Mm-hmm. the wallet and the purse yeah I agree I was thinking the same thing I think we heard that her iPad was confiscated and we just connected it that dot over confused. to the yeah. truck yeah. I had yeah. completely forgot about the wallet which I mean I guess she could have taken her wallet out you know and maybe grabbed her keys or something that maybe she had a separate key to the door to the church and then mm-hmm. went to do it and was gonna and was planning on coming back and putting it back in there and shutting the door and whatever. Um, unfortunately. Or drove or like or like we were saying on the phone the other day, maybe she drove through and got coffee. Like it is yeah. very unusual for uh, we women to have our um for us women to have our wallets separate from our purses. Cause kind of that's like one of the main reasons you have a purse is to make sure you can yeah. keep up with your wallet. So, yeah, I find that interesting that her wallet was so far away from her purse and her truck. It's sort of indicative that she might have been using it to pay for something, but we don't have any information on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely interesting information. And then the rest of it, they they talk about the camera that they use. um, And then they took photographs of the vehicle, including overall mid-range and close-up views. And then the, the rest of the page is redacted. I mean... It's mm-hmm. pages redacted. Right. It's crazy. I've never seen a document with this much redacting on it. It's wild. It's it's a lot. It really is. It says they released the three items of evidence to Sergeant Scott. They cleared the scene at approximately 935. And that was the end of their report. But the majority of that was redacted with the exception of what Crystal just read about the what was found in the vehicle and um well and something else that's very interesting is page four of five um this is something we've never gotten a handle on and i almost don't even want to bring it up because it's so confusing but let's go ahead we have to hit it head on here um so he can so fitzgerald conducts an e-trace which is an online search that is on the atf's website it is a um, tool that the ATF offers um, law enforcement. Um, I have a friend I grew up with who's in the F- FBI, and he confirmed that he does use E-Trace sometimes. And 
he seemed to have really good luck with it. But um, I'm have to assume in this case, if that was indeed the perpetrator's gun, they did not have good luck with it. Because if they could have traced it to someone or at least to someone who could point them to whoever got it, they would have an arrest by now. So maybe it was Missy's gun and the E-Trace. They were like, oh, wait, this belongs to the victim. I, it's really interesting. I just don't have any idea what happened there. But here's the interesting part of the gun situation. He called, Fitzgerald called a lady who is in charge of Walmart's loss prevention. Um, she, conduct, she conducted a search of Walmart's in Lancaster, Red Oak, and Waxahachie. So those three Walmart locations, um, he asked this lady to go and search for suspicious sales of ammunition or guns in the early morning hours of Monday April 18, 2016. So what they're saying is right before the murder. And I just find that really strange that they, that he would even, that he would even entertain the thought that the perpetrator would like swing by Walmart on the way to the church to get a gun and or ammunition to use in the crime. I, that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it doesn't make sense for a couple of reasons. And here's, here's the, here's one of them. They stopped selling anything like that to my knowledge uh, somewhere between nine and ten o'clock at night so you can't go to walmart at three o'clock in the morning and go hey i need some uh nine millimeter bullets i mean that doesn't (laughs) there's nobody even working back there so that's because they have to (laughs) unlock the case and everything and yeah it's not a simple process you don't just grab it off an aisle and go check out the other thing is is that if you like you just read it says um any suspicious sales of ammunition and or guns in the early morning hours of Monday, April 18th, 2018. Okay, so they stopped selling guns, handguns in Walmart from what I'm reading in 1993, except in Alaska. I don't know why Alaska is different, but they, they do sell uh, hunting rifles and things like that, but they do not sell like small handguns. So I don't know why. I don't know. That was kind of a weird thing that they put in here. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. And also my question is why Walmart? I have to think that he just knows her because they have done searches together before. And he might've just been like, what the heck grasping at straws kind of a thing, which that would make sense. I mean, if you have someone, like if it's a friend of you, like if I was Fitzgerald and you're the loss prevention lady at Walmart, I might just call and say, hey, Renee, this may not have any connection, but would you mind just checking your cameras and check your sales records and let me know what you find out? Because I've got to find this guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I, that's all I can think of, that it might have just been someone he knew and had a yeah. good connection with. Um, so that would kind of make sense. Um, but and, and, you know, the other thing that you, me and Tim, we all talked about this back couple of years ago is why the heck didn't they check the midlothian walmart yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they kind of really over that one. yeah <laughs> it's lancaster waxahachie and red oak only that they checked i don't get it and i think we called back then if i remember correctly to check and yeah. see and i think they all sell the same thing uh maybe with the exception of Lancaster, but I'm not real sure about that one. I can't remember, but I think that uh, Midlothian and Waxahachie have the same 
type of cells, hours, all that good stuff. Um, but I think Langster was the only one that was a little different. So it's, it is weird that he didn't mention Midlothians. Very strange. Yeah. Right. Right. Really, really confusing document in many ways. Um, the only thing that, the only thing that those three stores have in common is that they are all off of 35. They're all kind of in the same direction. So they're all off of 35 and then Walmart and Waxahachie is right at 35 and 287. So they're all all in a similar area. And Midlothian is on the complete uh, other side on kind of closer. Well, they're actually, they're actually off of 67. So Hmm. that's the only, that's the only thing that, that, that I can find in connection with these three Walmarts. I don't really know what that's about. Right. Okay. So after they, after Fitzgerald tells us about um, the lady who he, who he had checked the Walmart situation out, then it says, I met with agent Chris Ledbetter. I think it says it's hard to read that. And then that's all redacted. So whatever old Ledbetter said, we'll never know. And then oh, under the that, service. the secret service. I mean, I know you can read oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Secret service. So they, so we don't have a clue what he said. And then under that, no idea what that is. It's all marked out. And then this is, this is um, kind of interesting. The next thing that said about the Walmart situation is after that. And it says, I, po- I spoke with Ms. Rally. That's the lady that's in charge of the Walmart security. And then bam, bam, two long paragraphs completely marked out. Yep. Um, so literally everything that the Walmart lady said, the Walmart um, loss prevention lady, which loss prevention is just a fancy word for security, right? Right. Walmart loss prevention lady, everything she said was redacted. Uh, so, I mean, it kind of makes you think she did learn something from those searches. Right. Yeah, because she said that she didn't find anything or, you know, can't imagine why they right. would do that. So, yeah. I just would love to know what that says. And um, so then after the Walmart lady speaks her piece, and I guess potentially um, Fitzgerald is talking in that as well. We don't, I mean, it's not necessarily that all of that is hers. Um, We will, we just don't know because it's literally all marked out after that. But then at the very, very end at, as of Tuesday, May 26, 2016, I have had no other involvement in this investigation. So Joe Fitzgerald was saying at the conclusion of this piece of the investigation, this CSI document, it's, this is the end of me working on this case. So it's back in in MPD's hands, apparently. Yeah. And it doesn't have, um, well, I guess it was, I guess it was the 21st when he spoke to her again. I'm not sure. Cause on the Thursday he says, um, yeah, approximately ten fifty four, and then he doesn't say what else. Then he says again he spoke with her, and then he just says the twenty sixth. So I don't know what happened from the twenty first to the twenty sixth. I guess nothing. So I <laughs> I guess maybe after she had a chance to do some research, she came up with something here. Yeah, really strange though. I would never. I would love to know why his instinct was we need to look at Walmart, and why. Um, you know, why not SWFA, the gun store across the street? Why not any place that sells guns? Why did he focus on Walmart that morning? 
Yeah, that was and 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 to think that the person, the perp, stopped at Walmart. I mean, this happened so early in the morning. Like like you said, why are they going to stop at Walmart and go? Oh, let me grab a gun real quick. I mean. I just can't imagine leaving that much of this to chance, you know, like, oh, yeah, wait, I need to try to swing by Walmart and see if I can score some bullets on the way or whatever. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. You think they would say something like the last two weeks or the last 30 days or something? I mean, I don't know. I'm very confused about this whole portion. Um, But, you know, obviously we're not supposed to know because it is redacted and we just have to respect that that's for the good of the investigation. But it's, it's difficult to to be a citizen who's concerned and um, wanting to discuss this on a podcast now and not know, not know much of anything about this case, but you know what, if this ends up helping with an arrest and a conviction, then that's awesome. I hope that that's what's happening here. Exactly. So, so I guess that's the end of the document there. It ends with him saying, yeah, and a lot of pages, but a little information. Of course, it's it's good information. Um, mm-hmm. What you know? So yeah, just ha- it just it it just leaves you with more questions and more um, speculation. <laughs> right, just keep on speculating is exactly what we're doing. I know, but at least me. at least we're trying to do informed speculation. So I hope that our listeners. Are enjoying the podcast and know that we're doing our best to at least speculate hopefully you know in a responsible way with as much information as we can possibly find right no and they and one of the things that i mentioned on there and i wanted to point this out i just remembered um was that it, in addition to talking about the passenger side door open and the tailgate being open they also talked about workout equipment being in the back and you notice that um, in in, in sev- several of the pictures that news reporters uh, took of the of the scene when they were um, processing the scene, they had they are bringing uh, workout equipment out. So I don't know, I don't know if they were taken out of her vehicle and you know like processing it and reg- you know putting it all down or what. But they, there's a part where you can tell. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it shows them taking stuff. Yeah. I used to think it was them taking it out of the church, but I don't think she had enough time to take in that much stuff. So I'm assuming they took it out of the back of her truck and wrote it down and processed it, you know, report for reports and stuff. Yeah. You know, up here in the upper part, in the upper part of page one of six, of this same CSI document. Uh-huh. This is something I don't know if I've noticed before. It said Midlothian PD needs a unit en route to help secure the parameter of the church. Woman was found unresponsive and bleeding. There was glass breakage. 615, Judge Woody notified. Have Judge go to the main door of the church and ask for Sergeant Scott. So they were giving instructions to go to the main door i guess they did not want people entering under the awning because it was an active crime scene that was being investigated mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah. and, it, and there's a there's a portion uh where we have different pictures of them 
working the crime scene and they have crime scene tape all over that door were literally wrapped around it where nobody can get through so right that that's right reason where we thought that that was closer to where she was found yeah than, good point and her truck and everything was definitely right. there being processed um you're right and that could imply that she was found closer to there I mean, it fits with um, it fits with what they what they talk about whenever they walk in the door. So, mm-hmm. there's also I found it in, I found it interesting that they didn't redact her home address because you know Brandon still lived there. That seems unsafe. They didn't redact redact her address, her date of birth, or her driver's license number on this one. I'm noticing they yeah. they did later. I thought that's interesting. Yeah, they made some mistakes and went back and redacted things later, I think. Because <laughs> we found Yeah, remember Yeah, there was people, you're right. There was people in um the group that later had um requested this document and they got a a version with the gun part, I believe, was totally redacted. So that might have been an error that ours didn't have the gun redacted and it should have. So I hope that we're not messing anything up by talking about the gun, but there has been so much talk about Missy's gun being found at the scene. No one ever mentioned there being two guns. So this gun could have been Missy's that we're discussing. We just have no idea. Right. Yeah. We MPD's official statement was that it was her gun found at the scene yeah. and no one else's. Now you may know the answers to this. When it says victim information, this is page one of, Six, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Page one of five, where it says Ellis County Sheriff's Office at the top, and mm-hmm. it says it's got all of her information. It says CSZ Ovilla, Texas seven six zero six five. Oh, that's because her mailing address was Ovilla, right? Yeah, that's but I don't, Never mind. I don't think that that um, I don't think that that is correct unless they change something because Ovilla has always technically been part of Red Oak. I've never. Yeah, it known- says- it says her address, which I'm not going to repeat it on the air. Um, it has her address, which we knew that was her correct street address at the time. And then it says Avila, Texas, 76065. But yeah, that's interesting that Red Oak and also there's Oak <clears throat> Oak Leaf, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of around there. I'm not as familiar as you are. Okay. But- the zip code that you're reading is actually from Midlothian. I figured it was because Ovilla zip code is actually... Um, Red Oak zip code. So hmm. she she must live closer, which I think so because I'm I think she lives closer to Midlothian. So it's a real confusing thing how you can live in one city, use a different city's zip code, and then your kids go to a whole different city school. But that's the case. That is actually Midlothian zip code. So I don't know if that's you know what. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. You know, I would feel really irresponsible. Um, posting this because I'm noticing witness number one's information is Renee Bird Jones mm-hmm. and she it has her home address on here right her phone it has her home phone no I'm taking it back it has her cell phone number but they also entered it as her regular phone number yeah. that's really freaky I'm not sure yeah, we won't we I'm probably won't that. yeah we probably won't do it we won't if we do we're gonna have to do our own little extra redacting because that would be a response. Well, we just won't publish these pages. We'll just yeah. we'll just put the pages with the um the report. Yeah, good idea. 
Yeah, good idea. Because that's that's crazy. I didn't even notice. I wasn't even looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it even has the information for the the Walmart director. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to leave that out just so we can be responsible podcasters. But um, is there anything else on this particular document that we wanted to go over? I think we got it pretty much. It, it, it's a long document, but it's um, it, there's not there's not much information for as many pages as there are. So, yeah, agreed. So um, we were considering talking about um, now. This is kind of completely switching gears, but Missy was said to have been working out at. An anytime location gym and the location that she frequented um, there was a man who was the manager's name was Mark Garcia and Mark was interviewed several times right after Missy's murder you know we saw him on a lot of shows um, about her her murder and we just thought we would bring him up because um, he's made an interesting statement in the interviews. He said that Missy wasn't acting like herself. And we had heard from another source, not Mark Garcia, but remember the reports that said that Missy was working out less and less before her death. And they thought people were, you know, the people in the interviews and the law enforcement were speculating, was there a connection between her not working out as much, you know, and then maybe yeah. being followed or threatened? Right. I do not, I don't remember exactly where that was at. I'm trying to see on this article. Um, it says Mark Garcia, who worked out with Bevers regularly at a nearby gym, said that in recent weeks, the 45 year old didn't seem like herself. She seemed a little, a little more reserved, said Garcia. I don't think she was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I feel like someone was after her. Yeah. And he was basing that on actual, you know, interaction with her. Yeah, I would like to talk to him. I've always wanted to, to ask him to elaborate on that. Because, you know, there's also the phenomenon that people will sometimes, after an event occurs or a tragedy like this one, people will go back and remember things um, that might be irrelevant, but then they'll think it's, it's, it's connected when it's really not. So it's mm-hmm. possible that she just might have been tired the last couple times he'd seen her or something and it really had nothing to do with this. Um, or it's possible that she was uneasy about something. The only thing that we're aware of happening before her murder was her getting one or more LinkedIn messages from an anonymous person that we talked about on the last podcast. We don't really have any information that indicates she was being pestered by someone, stalked by someone. There's been no information released on that. Her loved ones haven't shared that with the public at least you know whether or not they've told law enforcement we don't know but we just don't have any information on what mark garcia is saying other than his words so it's really interesting unfortunately he no longer works for anytime fitness we looked him up i think he sells insurance now so i might we might want to try to contact him and see if he would just answer a few questions about that because it is interesting and it would be nice to kind of know um, was Missy experiencing something, some kind of dread or, or did someone have a beef with her and it was bothering her? Maybe someone at the gym even, you know, I don't know. Right. Um, 
So I found a document that is a, uh, a Nancy Grace, and I know we cringe to even think about. Um, That's okay. <laughs> family, but I mean, you know, there's been a few um, of her uh, specials that have been just, you know, mm-hmm. different. <laughs> we'll, we'll be nice. Yeah. But anyway, so this was a transcript from one of her shows where um, she talked to Mark Garcia. And it says, this is what it says. Nancy, I was distraught. I mean, I immediately started crying. My initial reaction was to think that it wasn't true. I started praying. I was praying to God that it was all just a horrible rumor. And I called Missy. I texted her. I Facebook messaged her. I didn't hear anything. And then the rumors just kept coming in. And then finally someone says, yes, it was Missy. And I was just heartbroken. And then she was saying that. Was that that Renee Jones? That was Mark Garcia. Mm, okay, I'm sorry. I'm with you. And then Nancy Grace says, and this is part I don't understand. This is Carlos Garcia joining us. So, and his name is, uh, I, to my understanding, his name is Mark Garcia. So I don't know why she said that. And that's kind of yeah. why I made that comment. We cringe because sometimes yeah. the things that she says are just like, and it, well, it does. How... Go ahead. It, it does say at the very top that this is a rush, that they're doing this in a rush. Yeah, so, um, they I'll probably knew they that. they probably knew they had a lot of errors, so they added that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Nancy Grace also had said when the I think it was the first episode she did on Missy Beaver, she said that Midlothian is a small town of five thousand people, and everybody freaked out because <laughs> Midlothian has like what twenty five thousand people. I should have looked it up before the podcast, but it's it's closer to thirty thousand, not five. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, I think. I think Waxahachie has like 45,000. And let's see, I'll tell you mm-hmm. who you have. I, I know it's just the things that she says sometimes, but I mean, I get they're trying to do a story. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like um, Midlothian is, um, it's like 26,000. 26, yeah, like. 26. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I mean, She's talking about, I think Red Oak was the only one that was about 5,000, and that was about 20 years ago. So, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. And then there was, oh, and you know how um, Nancy Grace will have like, she'll have um, little nicknames yes. for people. Yes. Like, she used to always call Casey Anthony Tot Mom. Remember? Yes. That? <laughs> well, she was, she was calling Missy Beaver. She totally dropped the case. So, we haven't heard her say this, but maybe twice, two episodes. But she was calling Missy exercise mom. Um, oh, and she said that she was teaching aerobics. And yeah. that was just kind of amusing. Yeah. Because, like, who's ever, no one calls it aerobics, like aerobic dancing. That's so 80s. But um, anyway, but yeah, I don't think Carlos Garcia, I think she literally just said his name wrong, but it's Mark Garcia. Yeah. And, and his middle name isn't even Carlos because we've seen his entire name on his Facebook page and it's not Carlos. Yeah. It's not any funny. part of it. So that was just a mistake. What? I mean, he just, it's funny. He just said it, but anyway, it was just funny. But yeah, I thought there would be that is hilarious. information on there from him, but that was all he said. So I guess she just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he really thought, you know, Mark Garcia really thought that he saw something in Missy, you know, in retrospect, after she passed, he was thinking, yeah, I noticed a difference in her. So that would be really interesting to explore. I, I, I'm sure, hopefully, police explored that, but it would be interesting from a journalistic point of view to ask him some questions about that and kind of just to try to explore, was it really related or did he just happen to catch her 
when she was just maybe a little bit distracted right like we all are sometimes yeah and it's just it's so hard to tell but it just really just the whole thing just makes you sick Mm -hmm. i know um whatever happened a complete psycho set his or her sights on missy and um it just does it's a completely senseless crime it really is the the degree of violence and to approach a woman alone in the dark on a rainy morning while she's setting up to work i mean that's just that's complete cowardice you know i just can't wait to see this person get arrested and hopefully convicted it's that's going to be a great great day when we see that arrest we're going to celebrate absolutely we will we will um have a missy beavers herp has been arrested party i mean that's 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 a celebration for sure because just to know that they're going to be convicted and you know what i mean they're going to be uh they're going to pay for their crime is is the best thing ever um so yeah i was trying to find i had i had researched and uh when i was looking up some information on renee jones i had found out that she was um she had something to do with uh the salvation army and missy was going to join her in that she had never got a chance to do that she um she liked working with um them to help give back to the community and missy mm-hmm. had planned on doing the same thing and it you know it just kind of tells you what kind of person missy was you know she had all right. these things going she had three girls and you know they kept her super busy and then this you know this this camp gladiator i mean she had probably you know one of the hardest um workout times i mean five o'clock in the morning and it was seven mm-hmm. a week plus she had a couple of night ones I mean, she was super busy and she was going to turn around and do something, you know, it just, just kind of shows what kind of person she was. She was dedicated. She was all about helping people. And I just, I, I just read that today and I just wanted to share it. I'm glad you did. I didn't know about that. I knew that there was Salvation Army, like a 5k, I think in her honor, yeah. but I didn't know that she was going to do something with them before she passed. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but um yeah it they, and Renee Jones seems like a really good person. Yeah. She seems like she was a good she friend to Missy. Um, we don't know a, a lot about her, but we do know that she she's pretty active too. Yeah. Um. So um, yeah, maybe one of these days, some of these people might want to come on the podcast and be interviewed or allow us to talk to them. We will not. Um, whether it's Renee Jones, Mark Garcia, anyone. We would never quote someone without their permission, but if anyone is interested in contributing to the podcast, we'd love to have you on, or we can interview off the air and just um, discuss it on the air, just whatever people are comfortable with. Right. Either way works for us. And that goes for, you know, um, our listeners, if they ever want to, um, you know, have a question or something they want us to discuss, we are more than happy to discuss it on the air. You know, we'll give a shout out to you and, and try to, to answer that or research it and find out and, and, and talk about it on air. We want to, we right. want to, you know, be able to discuss things that have questions that y'all, you know, we've been talking about this a long time, so we may not be thinking about something that y'all are wanting to, you know, talk about. Right. 
Right. And I also hope that people who tune in to one episode that haven't heard all of them, you know, because I don't always listen to podcasts in order. I'm sure you don't either. I kind of skip around sometimes, especially when I find a new one. Um, you know, we need to probably go back to explaining the case at the top of the show. I just realized because if someone were to kind of tune into this episode where we're dissecting the document, you know, we never did explain what happened to Miss E.M., she was murdered in April 2016 while she was setting up her Camp Gladiator class, um, workout class, and it's completely senseless. It was an individual um, waiting for her apparently in the church on that terribly rainy morning. I mean, it's literally the middle of the night, still dark outside, and um, this person brutally murdered her. So the whole purpose of our podcast um is we're hoping to bring more awareness to this case. We're hoping that someone listening ideally will know something and it will jog a memory and they'll go tell the Midlothian police department, or you can um, report it anonymously through crime stoppers. Um, there's also, isn't there a text or something that you can report to MPD anonymously, Renee? Yes, there is. Um... Okay, good. That's another good option. And we'll, we try to give those out on, every episode almost every episode so um we're just really hoping that somehow we can bring some awareness to this case that might help in some way absolutely um so they have a a number that you can text you can text i'm sorry this is not i got to the wrong one sorry (laughs) thought i had it that's okay well we've given it on i think every episode pretty much so we're good I have the number of memories. I just don't have the <laughs> the other one. Um, Do you want to hear something crazy? This is insane. Harvey Weinstein, you know, who was just convicted, totally different subject. I don't mean to jump off of the Missy Beavers case, but I just glanced at my phone. You know, Harvey Weinstein was recently found guilty of those sex crimes. But he just tested positive for coronavirus. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Yeah, I just glanced at my phone. I had to say that because it was just so insane. They have him in isolation um, in prison, I guess, is where he is now. He's in a maximum security prison in upstate New York. But that's just bizarre. Yeah, that is bizarre. You know, thankfully, we've heard of a couple of different people in the media, including the president and the vice president, that were uh, tested and both were uh, confirmed negative. So that's a blessing. And so we're just hoping and praying for the same thing for others too. Yeah, for sure. So we actually have it's really getting scary. It is. We actually have our first um, email from someone, but it's a pretty long one. They have a lot of questions and different things they want us to discuss. So I'm excited about that. Oh, great. So we'll talk about great. it um, after the podcast. So that way we can go through it together and kind of answer all our questions because I have a lot <laughs> but that's that's good oh wonderful yeah. absolutely we'll address it on our next podcast should have picked it really every good. day and I didn't I guess I just figured people enough people didn't know about it yet but I was wrong so that's awesome I don't even know how to check it I need to figure that out so that's wonderful we will definitely get to your questions thank you for writing us absolutely all right well and anything else that we want to talk about No, I don't think so. I just hope everyone stays healthy out there. I never thought that we would be in a situation where we're practically the whole nation's on lockdown. The whole world is being affected by the coronavirus. Please, everyone, be careful. Wash your hands. Try to stay home. Be safe. And if you're a first responder, 
or a nurse or a doctor, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Childcare worker, you're really, you're really helping everybody else. So thank you. Oh yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of resources out there for people. Uh, there's a lot of Facebook groups that are uh, actually working together to help people. For instance, there may be a household that ended up with an abundance. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make everybody laugh here, but with an abundance of toilet paper and they may need bread. So they may do like a trade or something. So there's actually a lot of groups that are doing that as well as uh, people going through the community and they're knocking on doors and then they're, they're moving back their six feet. They're just talking through the door, you know, hi, we're just going through the neighborhood, just checking to see if we have any um, elderly, disabled, uh, maybe people who, you know, can't drive or whatever that might have a need. And if you can let us know, we're going to try to see if we can help you fulfill that need. So there's a lot of people working together, trying to help others um, get what they need, make sure that they're, they're not being left out or they're sitting at home with no way to get around or maybe get to the grocery store or uh, whatever it is that they may need. It may even be medicine, who knows? So people are working really hard with that. So it's really um, awesome to be in these communities where people are working together to help others. It really is. And all we can do is just hope and pray that this thing gets contained and stops spreading. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable Amen. how much, I mean, Rand, Rand Paul was diagnosed positive today. Someone, another house of representatives names escaped me. Um, Dan McAdams, I think is his name. Poor guy. He's in the hospital. Um, he was having some breathing difficulties and just, um, you know, and we know about Tom Cruise and, um, um, Rita Wilson, um, they're apps there. They seem to be on the mend, mm-hmm. but you just never know. This, this virus is really mysterious and crazy. Right. All right. Well, everybody stay healthy out there and we will. Uh, be back for another episode here in a couple of few days. We absolutely will. We got plenty of time on our hands, so we will talk to y'all soon.